The big book says in page 89, to watch people recover, to see them help others, to watch loneliness vanish, to see a fellowship grow up about you, to have a host of friendships. This is an experience you must not miss. Good evening, friends. I'm Nozipa, I'm an alcoholic. I am a member of the Rose Bean Group. I am not a black economic empowerment deal, nor am I an affirmative action deal. I drank every step of the way to Alcoholics Anonymous. I earned my seat through the shame and the degradation that alcoholism visits upon us. I uh, earned my seat through the insanity of repeating the same thing over and over again, hoping to get a different result, but getting the same result and thinking next time it will be different, but it never is, and we know that. I'd like to welcome any newcomers, if there are any. Uh, I honor you if you've walked into these rooms. I honor your courage, and I pray that you stay to find what was given uh, to me when I came um, here. The way I can talk to this topic, attitude can be changed by action. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change is by telling what it was like to me, what happened, and what it is like uh, now. It really wasn't in my cards to become an alcoholic. It wasn't like I woke up one day when I was small and I said of all possible career options, looking my, at myself in the mirror, I shall become a good alcoholic. It wasn't as if I did it that way. I would never have done it that way because I come from a family of alcoholics. I knew when I was a child what alcoholism does. I knew what it was like to spend weekend after weekend searching for peace in the household and never finding it and hoping next week, next month, something will happen. They will stop drinking and it never happened. My uncles died of alcoholism. My aunts, one by one, are dying of alcoholism. Literally, one of my uncles drank himself away and vanished. We don't know to this day what happened to him as a result of alcoholism. So it wasn't a choice I was going to make for myself. Indeed, I loathed my family members. I thought they were spineless. They had no backbone. They had no character. How could they be like this? One day I asked one of my, of my uncles, begging him to stop, and he said to me, no, you don't understand. My soul died a long time ago. I didn't understand that then, but I understand now what he meant, and I know also just how lonely and terrified they must all have been, not knowing what was happening to them, being condemned by society as I ended up being condemned by my society as a woman in the African tradition. A woman alcoholic is the lowest of species. As I said, it wasn't in my car to become an alcoholic, but I knew the moment I drank that there was something wrong between myself and alcohol. alcohol. We, were not just a, we were not a good match. I blank, blacked out the first time I drank woke up the following day not knowing what had happened, and that terrified me. I kept it a secret within me, never drinking, never joining friends when they drank, terrified that if I picked up, something would happen. I think my subconscious must have known I was an alcoholic. 
and was hoping that miraculously by myself I would be able to escape the fate of alcoholics, but it wasn't to be that case. Later on, I went into exile and I would foray into drink, uh, telling myself that it was to take the hard edge of the life of exile, just to soften life a bit. But every time I picked up, I wanted more and more and more. Alcoholism is progressive. With me, it was progressive. It isn't so much the drinking that is progressive. It is the internal state of being an alcoholic that I know now is progressive. The empty hole that we, that makes us drink, the emptiness that we had. I thought when I was small, I would fill it up by getting educated and accomplishing things. The more I got educated, the emptier I became. The more I accomplished, the emptier I became, the lonelier I became, and the more misplaced and alienated from society I, mis I became. But if you looked at me, you would think that I was a very successful woman, but yet I was failing internally, progressively in life. I could not manage life. That, for me, is what is meant by the unmanageability of, of, of my life. And so both those things progressed. I tried. I tried every way I knew how to stop drinking by myself. I would not admit I was an alcoholic. You don't, where I come from. You just don't admit you're an alcoholic, even when you're failing. I tried. I spent thousands of, 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 of friends trying to recover from alcoholism, and I failed dismally. I failed dismally and gave up towards the end. I decided I was going to opt out of life. I tried to kill myself twice, and um, I failed. And the choice I made when I failed to kill myself, because I could not live like that, the anguish of alcoholism is just unbearable. I just could not continue living like that. So I made a choice. Having failed to kill myself, I was just going to drift away from life. Uh, I saw the plan. You probably would have seen me on street corners with the placard saying, help, I've got six children, unemployed, need money. I don't need work. I would have wanted money for drinking. Up to now, I really don't know what brought me into Alcoholics Anonymous. I'd been to Alcoholics Anonymous before. It just wasn't an option for me because of the powerlessness where I come from, you're not powerless over anything as a woman. Uh, and the idea that I had to get a power greater than myself in order to recover, that those were non-negotiable things. And I knew that if I couldn't accept those two steps, there was no point in staying in Alcoholics Anonymous, and I went out and drank. So when I finally came, I drifted here. I don't know what brought me back. I was homeless, I was penniless, I had no prospects in life, I was just a big scandal. But somehow I came in, and you all said to me, keep coming back. You didn't look at how I looked. You just said, it'll get better. I had no expectations. I actually didn't even want to stop drinking. It was the only thing I have that made life bearable. But somehow I stayed 
And one day we were doing the big book, something happened, a miracle happened when we did the doctor's opinion. And I understood what it meant to be powerless over alcohol. And that for me was the beginning of the process. And I, I began to understand why I could not recover earlier on. I always knew before I came into Alcoholics Anonymous that for me to have sustained sobriety, something in me had to change. But how to accomplish that was, was just beyond me. If I could have put my hands in me and rearranged my emotions and my thought processes, I would have done that. The key for me to the beginning of that process was the doctor's opinion. Once I understood that message and knew that I was not only cornered, but I'm just made the way in which I'm made, I was able to ask a sponsor to help me work the program so that the attitudes that I came into, the attitudes that had made it impossible for me to stay sober, the bedevilments that I'd carried, which made it difficult for me to relate to people, which always made me feel I didn't belong in this world, which always made me feel lonely, and useless. It didn't matter what I was doing. I always felt very lonely so that we could begin to work on changing those emotions and displacing them bit by bit, working on the steps. The AA program is the most extraordinary program. It really is the most extraordinary program. It was inconceivable to me that I could stay sober. It was also inconceivable to me that my emotions, my attitude towards life, the way in which I respond would change so radically that it doesn't matter where I am, I am home because that's what you gave me. You've made me feel at home within me. To have a sense of safety everywhere I go, whereas I was terrified of life, regardless of what I had. Now I know I'm safe. My life is in your hands. It is in God's hands. You will not drop it. I know also that if I'm going through pain, you will carry me. You will carry me somehow. I will come out the other end and maybe even grow from that. This is a totally different way of thinking that I could never have hoped to have bought anywhere, anywhere in the world. I am going through a very painful process at the moment. I've not been well, but also my daughter is in her final stages of her alcoholism. I know the pain she is going through. I had to talk her through DTs. She was in London, screaming and crying on the phone and saying, Mommy, I am going to die tonight. I remembered what it was like for me where I was scared of sleeping in case I died and I was scared of not sleeping in case something happened to me, scared of drinking in case I died and scared of not drinking in case I felt so uncomfortable and I didn't know what to do. And you tell me, God will carry her. You just keep coming back. We will carry you. And above all, we will carry the message to your daughter. What a comfort. What a comfort for me. I don't have to do anything. I really don't have to stress. 
I cry, you hold me, you tell me it'll be okay. Before, I'd never have thought of it that way. I'd be running around and saying, she must do this, she must do this, she must do this, she must do that. But you've put me in a place where I know what it is that I ought to do. And it all comes out of working the steps, doing service, uh, coming to meetings, being in unity with all of you and being a part of you. I'm really blessed to be a part of this fellowship. It is an extraordinary fellowship, which is described to me by an ancient Jesuit writing, expressing a wish centuries ago. And he put, this, he put his wish as follows, that someday, after we've harnessed the winds, the waves, the tides, and gravity, we will harness for God the energies of love. And then, for the second time in the history of humanity, mankind will have discovered fire. We do that every day here. God bless you.